It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day. All right, everybody, we welcome you aboard to episode number 237 of the Locked On Redskins podcast. Hope you had a great Memorial Day weekend, while also, always, please remember the reason why we have a weekend like we just uh, had and the freedom that we have and the ability to do what we do and enjoy what we enjoy is because of the men and women who have put their lives on the line and ultimately paid the ultimate sacrifice, and even those that have not and have served our country and our world, um, no matter where you are, Canada, um, the U.K., wherever it might be, uh, anybody that stands for freedom, anybody that stands for democracy, anybody that stands for um, a government and a lifestyle without oppression, uh, and I'm not trying to be too political, uh, thank them. Uh, be aware of them, honor them, be appreciative of them, help them in any way. And that includes me. I have to do a better job of that, too. Uh, so just wanted to start out the show uh, by saying thank you to any military members um, that have that regularly listen to this podcast, uh, both active and non-active, retired, whatever the situation might be. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you is not enough. Clearly, it's not enough. And. Uh, if any of you uh, are so bold and, and, and would like, I, I would love to uh, hear from you. You can email me at russellmania09 at gmail.com, russellmania09 at gmail.com, and we'll give you a special shout-out. Uh, if any, uh, especially active members of the military, uh, listen to this podcast and hear this, uh, or, again, any retired uh, members of the military, we'd certainly like to thank you and by name. Uh, and maybe share a little bit about how you became a Washington Redskins fan. So you can tweet, uh, you can email me russellmania09 at gmail.com. russellmania09 at gmail.com. Just make sure you put a clear subject heading there. All right, let's get to it. Uh, and away we go. We got a lot to cover. Over the weekend, Saturday, was the 20th anniversary of Dan Snyder's ownership. We're going to cover that in the next part of our podcast. But first, we wanted to start with this. The Redskins announced their training camp schedule for the Bon Secours Washington Redskins training facility in Richmond, Virginia. As you know, the uh, what is now... Uh, what, seven years old, uh, 
this is going to be their seventh training camp. It debuted in 2013 at a cost of about $10 million. Uh, it also included renovations and upgrades at Redskins Park. Uh, within the city of Richmond, it has been a controversial move, to say the least. Um, it, it has not made Richmond a whole lot of money. Uh, as a matter of fact, put them in a financial bind. There's other reasons for that, not just the Redskins. Uh, but clearly, the deal is coming up for renewal, and it will be very interesting to see what happens moving forward with that whole situation. We're going to get probably more into that as we approach training camp uh, and as we get some of the particulars lined up, and we'll definitely get Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times-Dispatch because he knows a lot more about that situation uh, than certainly I do. But here's a couple of uh, data points for you uh, as far as training camp goes Redskins training camp, again, every session is free uh, to the public. Basically, there are 22 public on-field sessions that are available uh, to fans. Fan Appreciation Day is the highlight, as always, Saturday, August 3rd. The band will be out there, uh, so on and so forth. It runs from July 25th through August 11th down in Richmond, and it opens again on Thursday, July 25th, 9.45 a.m., is the official practice time for the first practice, 9.45 a.m. for the Washington Redskins in the 2019 season. Again, 9.45 a.m. Thursday, July 25th. So what it allows you to do, quite honestly, is they practice late enough that you could leave the Washington, D.C. area or Maryland or uh, other parts of Virginia or North Carolina and still not have to stay over in a hotel in order to be there for practice. So I actually think this is a good thing uh, for the Redskins. They have their practice in the morning. It's not an 8 a.m. practice or an 8.30 a.m. practice like it has been at times in years past. I think last year was a 9 o'clock a.m. practice. I could be wrong on that. I don't remember exactly. Uh, But it seems like this is like kind of the perfect timing. It's not too late in that you get the players off the field by noon when it gets really hot and humid. Uh, it's still hot and humid, Don't make no mistake about it, but it seems like the ideal time where people can drive down in the morning, leave at 7 o'clock, still get there you know, for 9.30, even if it takes two and a half, three hours, whatever it might be. Maybe you have to leave a little bit earlier than 7, whatever. The point is, is you don't have to, in order to go, you do not have to stay in a hotel the night before, which is a big deal, right? Maybe it hurts the Richmond economy a little bit, but maybe you turn it into a two-day trip, and instead of spending two nights in a hotel, maybe you spend one night in a hotel, and you get to see a couple of different practice sessions. So it opens up Thursday, July 25th, 9.45 a.m. practice, and a 4.40 walkthrough. The Redskins then practice Friday, July 26th, Saturday, July 27th. Again, all times there at 9.45 a.m. for the main practice and 4.40 p.m. for the walkthrough, and as well Sunday, July 28th. Then they take a day off. So they go four straight days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, July 25th through the 28th, 9.45 a.m. and 4.40 p.m. for the walkthrough in the afternoon. And the walkthrough is not a great practice to go to, but it's a really good time to get some autographs afterwards and to meet some of the players because the players are much more relaxed Uh, chill. They're not as exhausted as they were after the morning practice. So just a little hint of advice. It is much easier to get interviews, uh, to get autographs rather, and to get pictures and all that stuff with players after the 440 walkthrough, which generally runs until about 530, 535, 540, somewhere in that range 
Eastern time. So the Redskins will take their first day off on Monday, July 29th, come back Tuesday, July 30th, Wednesday, July 31st, Thursday, August 1st, all at the same times. Again, 9.45 for the main practice, a.m. Eastern time, 4.40 for the walkthrough. Again, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, July 30th through August 1st. Then they take, and I'm not quite sure a second why this is, a second day off of the week, no practice on Friday. Uh, So the Redskins skip Friday, August 2nd, so that they can come out and have a single session on Saturday, August 3rd for Fan Appreciation Day. Maybe it's because they're going to uh, plan, uh, you know, perhaps a scrimmage. That might, you know, that might be uh, a, a different change, if you will, to the pra- uh, training camp schedule than has been the case in years past where they had a very spirited and physical practice. Maybe not. I'm just speculating. I don't remember a day off right before Fan Appreciation Day. I could be not remembering that correctly, but either way, something to keep an eye on. So Saturday, August 3rd is Fan Appreciation Day, and again, that's a single practice day at 1 o'clock. Then they come right back with the dual practices Sunday, August 4th, Monday, August 5th uh, at 9.45, and again at 4.40 for the walkthrough, then just a single practice on Tuesday, August 6th, which has become the customary uh, trend, 1.35 for that single practice. And then, of course, the Redskins will leave for Cleveland the next day, Wednesday, August 7th, play Thursday, August 8th in Cleveland against the Browns, be off Friday, August 9th, and be back at Richmond for Saturday, August 10th at 1.35 as the um, as the as the lone practice that day, and then just a morning practice Sunday morning, August 11th at 9.45 to wrap up shop before moving back to Redskins Park and getting ready for their second preseason game. So again, training camp at the Bon Secours Washington Redskins Training Center in Richmond going from Thursday, July 25th through Sunday, August 11th. The last practice open to the public, 9.45 a.m., Practice time on Sunday morning, Fan Appreciation Day, Saturday, August 3rd. Days off, Monday, uh, July 29th, Friday, August 2nd, Friday, uh, August 9th, they are off. And as well, they are not there on Wednesday, August 7th, and Thursday, August 8th, because they're traveling to and then playing Uh, in Cleveland against the Cleveland Browns. So there, in a nutshell, is your training camp schedule. If you're making your trip, making your plans, especially if you're coming from far distance, plenty of great restaurants, hotels, uh, easy to get to. Richmond's a great little city. It's not hard at all to get around. Um, Come on out, support the Redskins. It'll be great. And if you're there, I'll be there uh, a couple of days. I won't be there every day uh, unless somebody wants to pay for me to be there. I will not be there every day. Uh, I will try and be there as often as I can. Uh, But come on out, and if you see me, say hello. And, um, you know, uh, we will definitely get to chat a little bit about the Washington Redskins. All right, when we come back, we will, uh, now that we have that straightened out, we will get into Dan Snyder's 20th anniversary as Washington Redskins owner. And we're going to split this up uh, over two days because what we have also, in the remainder of this episode is part two of our interview with Montez Sweat, the Redskins' first-round pick. We'll do that all coming up next, right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. As always, make sure you're following along on Twitter, at Locked Redskins, at Locked on NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram, at Locked on NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram, and as well. 
Make sure when you get in your car, you tell your smart speaker device to play podcast Locked On Redskins. Back in a flash on the Locked On Redskins podcast. This Locked On podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right, everybody, we welcome you back. It is episode number 237 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. I am your host, Chris Russell. And don't forget, you can get the Locked on Redskins podcast on the brand new podcasting app, Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And when you get in your car, again, as we told you just a couple moments ago, tell your smart speaker device to play podcast Locked on Redskins. Also, we want to tell you that this show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there, do that, and get rewarded. We thank them for being a sponsor of the Locked on Redskins podcast. All right, so let's get to this. Uh, We're going to do this in a couple of parts just because it's kind of such a momentous number and a momentous occasion. This past Saturday, May 25th, 2019, was the 20-year anniversary of Dan Snyder purchasing the Washington Redskins officially. And the Washington Post and Scott Allen of the D.C. Sports Bog and WashingtonPost.com did a tremendous, tremendous look back uh, in a bunch of different ways at the 20 years of ownership of Dan Snyder. And they went uh, through how he came to purchase the team and the legal wrangling uh, behind it and... Um, then a year-by-year perspective, and then actually an interview from the archives and a feature uh, with Dan Snyder. So we're going to cover that all, quite honestly, this week in various different ways as we look back on 20 years of Dan Snyder. Again, he was 34 when he purchased the team. Uh, This, of course, came after a couple of years after Jack Ken Cook. Uh, had per, uh, had passed away at the age of 84. There was a nine-month uh, sale process, a blind auction, lots of different uh, groups bidding, including the Lerner family, uh, which was part uh, and ultimately landed the Washington Nationals uh, and different other ownership groups uh, and people that Snyder were associated with and so on and so forth. Now, Snyder and his sister had founded the telecommunications and marketing firm called Snyder Communications, which was based in Bethesda, Maryland. They ultimately paid $800 million for the Washington Redskins and then pretty brand new Jack Kent Cook Stadium, which, of course, then turned into FedEx Field. And Dan Snyder, who again claimed to be a lifelong fan, and I know he is, um, you know, just said, look, I'm a fan. I'm a huge fan. And then he ran 
the program and the franchise like a fan. Impatient, uh, you know, vindictive at times, hostile at times. He had a lot of growing up to do. Dan Snyder at 54, as we all should be, much, 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 much different than Dan Snyder at 34, right? When you are 34 years old and you have the kind of money that Dan Snyder had to purchase your boyhood favorite team and its stadium, you simply in no way, shape, or form have any perspective on life. There is no way you can treat people good when you are that filthy, absurdly rich and that powerful. Yet, in the 20 years that Dan Snyder has owned the Washington Redskins, uh, they have had eight head coaches, only two playoff wins. <laughs> you know, of course, no Super Bowl trips, no Super Bowls, no conference championships, and a thousand different controversies, right? They are 139 and 180 with Dan Snyder as the owner of the team. That's 51 games under 500. 51 games under 500. And if you do the math on that into 20 years, that's two and a half games under 500 on average per season. So think about it in this respect. It's like basically the Redskins are six and a half, maybe seven wins per year on average, and nine losses, roughly. That's basically what they've been the last two years, seven and nine, seven and nine. So you have that, 139 and 180 with Dan Snyder, and again, only two playoff wins, eight head coaches in the 20 years, and Jay Gruden is embarking on year number six. How long will he last into it? I don't know. But we're going to go through this now year by year uh, with, again, courtesy of Scott Allen, who did a lot of head work uh, on this, of the D.C. Sports Bog at the Washington Post.com, uh, so you can read it. We put it up on our Twitter feed as well. The Dan Snyder tenure started off very poorly, obviously, uh, but not on the field. They were 10-6 and six in 1999 when he first Purchased the team, again, May 25th, 1999. That year, 10-6, and six, North Turner, the head coach, Brad Johnson, uh, the starting quarterback. Uh, they had drafted Champ Bailey, John Jansen, um, and Snyder fired Charlie Casserly, who's, of course, now with NFL Network and NFL Media and NBC Sports Washington, who was a part of the Redskins' three Super Bowl championships, and replaced him with Vinny Serrata, who was then the San Francisco 49ers director of player personnel. As we know, that didn't turn out to be exactly the right move, but the Redskins did win the NFC East for the first time in eight years and had the league's second-ranked scoring offense, ultimately defeated the Detroit Lions in the first round of the playoffs, had a 13-0 lead to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and ultimately lost that. And that's where things really started uh, to kind of go sideways, right? North Turner came back in 2000 as the head coach and ultimately led the Redskins with Jeff George also now on the roster. North Turner led the Redskins to a 7-6 and six record to start the year. Remember, this was the year in 2000 that they added Deion Sanders, added Bruce Smith, added Jeff George, drafted LeVar Arrington, 
drafted Chris Samuels. So certainly two very good draft picks at number two and number three overall and some high price, big name free agents and some big name splashes. And you knew right away what kind of owner Dan Snyder was. He was going to spend money and he was going to bring in uh, big names and none of it worked. The Redskins ultimately wound up eight and eight. The defense did get a little bit better under Ray Rhodes. The offense got worse. They fired North Turner, did Dan Snyder after a 9-7 loss in Week 14 to the New York Giants, which dropped the Redskins again to 7-6. Interim coach Terry Rabisky came in. The Redskins did, again, finish 8-8 eight and eight and out of the playoffs. And that, again, was not Dan Snyder's first firing because, again, he had fired Charlie Casserly uh, as the general manager and hired Vinny Serrato, but also that's his first head coach firing. Now, the second one wouldn't be too far away, and that's how we're going to end – Part one of this, 2001 came and the Redskins hired Marty Schottenheimer to replace ultimately North Turner and ultimately replace Terry Rubisky as the interim head coach. Marty Schottenheimer and the Redskins with Tony Banks aboard, Jeff George uh, aboard. They added uh, through the draft Rod Gardner, Fred Smoot. They got rid of Deion Sanders, Brad Johnson, um, and Dana Stubblefield. They finish at 8 and 8 after the Redskins started 0 and 5 right away there was controversy between Schottenheimer uh, and between Snyder apparently there was a situation that happened at training camp the Redskins did bounce back and win 5 straight uh, they were even on the cover of SI that year according to Scott Allen uh, of the DC Sports Blog but they missed the playoffs for a second consecutive year and Snyder one and done with Marty Schottenheimer again they couldn't get along quote it became clear that the Redskins and Marty had irreconcilable differences. In other words, Marty knew what he was kind of doing and what he wanted to mold the football team as, tough, hard-nosed, physical run, all that stuff. And Dan Snyder wanted to throw the ball around, score points, and do it his way with big-name free agents and not hardcore, hard-nosed football players. So 2001 ended with yet another search for another head coach, and that was a doozy. And that's where we're going to leave off this particular look back, again, courtesy of Scott Allen and the D.C. Sports Bog, available at the Washington Post, WashingtonPost.com, for a year-by-year look back at Dan Snyder's 20 years as owner of the Washington Redskins. We'll have more starting in 2002 in episode number 238 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. But, 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 we tell you that this Locked on Redskins podcast, this episode, brought to you by Grip6, where their goal is to literally make the best belt that's ever been made. Grip6 is an easy, thoughtful gift for dads, brothers, husbands, wives, uh, uncles, not wives, grandpas, uh, and even moms and wives. Actually, wives, yes, we, yes, you can get them for wives. See our women's collection. Ultra lightweight, no holes, no flap, and it carries a low-profile which is important, guys, right? With the buckle laying flat against the waist and making the belt super comfortable, a Grip 6 is the only belt with no holes, no flap, and no bulk. Grip 6 has a special offer for you right now if you simply go to Grip6.com slash L-O-C-K-E, not locked, L-O-C-K-E, Grip6.com slash L-O-C-K-E, and check out Grip 6 belts right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. And again, when you're with us here on the Locked on Redskins podcast, make sure 
you check out the all-new Himalaya podcasting app. Remember to get the Locked on Redskins podcast each and every day on that Himalaya podcasting app in an ever-expanding world. You need Himalaya with their personally curated playlists and new features every day. Why don't you go right now, download Himalaya at your app store, and subscribe to Locked on Redskins. Back in a flash with the rest of Montez Sweat, part two from our Exclusive conversation with the Redskins first round pick next on the Locked on Redskins podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked on NFL scouting podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, back here on episode number 237 of the Locked On Redskins podcast. I am your host, Chris Russell. Again, make sure you follow at Locked Redskins and at Locked On NFL Net, at Locked Redskins. Twitter information on the Washington Redskins and occasionally some other NFL stuff. But uh, just on that, you can follow me individually if you'd like at WrestleMania 61. You can also email me anytime at WrestleMania09, WrestleMania09 at gmail.com. Uh, and as well, back to the Twitter and Instagram, make sure you follow at Locked On NFL Net, at Locked On NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram for all of your NFL team news and information from all of our different podcast hosts. All right. Um, this is, again, episode number 237, and we'll wrap it up with part two of our exclusive chat with Montez Sweat, the Redskins' number 26th uh, overall pick, first round, second of two first round picks out of Mississippi State. We caught up with him last week at OTAs at Redskins Park. Part one was in episode number 236, titled 10 Irreplaceable Redskins. Make sure you go check that out. Here's part two of Montez Sweat with me right here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. Mm -hmm. You mentioned your grandparents, and I know they were instrumental in in that decision and just in your upbringing and and the band that you are. uh, When you think about their impact on your life, what does that mean to you? Oh, it's a great impact. I mean, when you talk about whys, uh, my grandparents are definitely my why, the reason I do it. Uh, just made, getting up and making them proud every day is motivation, what I tend to do every day. Um, what some of the coach talked about, you know, and, and it jumps out on tape, obviously. When you get your hands into somebody, it's over. That, the, the, like, that was the quote that I, because I asked, I said, it seems like this. And yes, that was confirmed. Do you feel like when you get your hands in the proper place, proper technique, proper placement, it's over? Yeah, I mean, that's all, that's what it's all about, being a, uh, having great technique and great hand placement. I think with any football player, when you get uh, get the great hand placement, it's hard, it's hard to beat. Uh, same goes for an old lineman. That's what, I want, don't, that's what I don't want to happen, him get the right hand placement on me so I can get the right hand placement on him. One of the things that, you know, again, I'm sure you're going to have to work on just because you didn't do it a whole lot at Mississippi State, based on what I know, is dropping into coverage. I saw you, you know, once kind of like fake a rush and then drop out once in, in coverage today. Is that something that is getting more and more familiar or is that something you feel like, man, you know, I've, I've got a lot of work to do in that area? I mean, I think I feel like I have a lot of work to do on all my aspects of my game from the pass rush to the run top to the coverage. I mean, everything can always use a little tweaking. But, uh, yes, I do want to focus more on that, dropping into coverage and stuff like that. 
Um, one other thing, you know, clearly it seems like you're more comfortable with your hand down in the dirt, but then I, you know, I saw you, you know, standing up and then you put your hand down in the dirt again, you're switching right to left. Where do you like, as, as this transition in your career goes, are you just like working on being so multidimensional or do you want to just lean on your strengths? If that makes sense. I mean, whatever, whatever these coaches ask me to do, I'm going to do, I just want to work on fitting myself in the defense, uh, not basically what what I want to do is what uh, they want me to do, and I freestyle around that. So whether they want me to put my hand in the dirt, whether they want me to stand up, I'm going to do whatever they want me to do. A lot of people obviously saw your stock dr drop a little bit because of the misreported information or or what was allegedly cleared up before the draft, and yet the Redskins had a lot of faith in you. Did that upset you, or did that motivate you, or does that not even bother you at this point? I mean, it's, it's always a motivation. If I would have went number two, I would have been upset at the number one pick. So. Obviously, just all those things that passed up on me, I intend on showing those guys that they definitely passed up on a winner. And uh, I just intend to show that uh, throughout the rest of my years in the league. Uh, one last thing, and we'll let you go. Montez Sweat with us. Uh, when you play opposite of Ryan Kerrigan, obviously with Ryan Anderson, guy who played at Alabama and who played at an elite level, you mentioned the coaching that you got at Mississippi State, the coaching you're going to get on this level. It's kind of a good situation for you, to be honest with you, where you don't have to be the man right away, but yet you know you're going to be counted on to make a big contribution, but it takes some pressure off, right? Man, when I got those vests in front of me, the, looking after me, showing me the way, and me just being the sponge, soaking up all the information that I can get, it's definitely uh... Montez, thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right, and that's going to do it for today's episode of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Again, thanks for listening, and remember, you can subscribe to this show right now on the new Himalaya podcasting app as well. Also, pod, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, Spotify, Megaphone, Player FM, and more. And when you get in your car, again, make sure you tell your smart speaker device to play podcast Locked on Redskins. Thanks for being with us, episode number 237 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. I'm Chris Russell. Have a great rest of the week. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 